Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louis Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Four minutes. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Everything you need to know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world, you get in four minutes. We start things off at Salt, no, in Mesa at Hohokam Park. D-back's a loser to the A's, 9-8. Blake Walson is the first starting pitcher to be scored upon this year. He went two, uh, gave up two earned runs in an inning and two-thirds. However, the problem was Japanese star Yumin Lin. Hopefully, he's just getting adjusted. He only recorded one out and gave up five runs. Arizona is home today at Salt River Fields. They're taking on the Texas Rangers. Newly acquired D-back Eduardo Rodriguez will make his first spring start now as a D-back. Now, Zach Allen wrote a great letter thanking the fans and saying how juiced he was at last year's World Series. Zach spoke to the media yesterday. How are you feeling about the fan base, Zach? We saw we were playing the Dodgers and we were playing here. We know it's no secret when we play them here that their fans tend to turn out um, really well, especially here. And you guys came out and it was, you know, 80 to 90 percent red. That was something that, as players, we were really proud. You could tell they they actually felt that. So here we go. First pitch today coming up at Salt River at one o'clock. Coyotes are on a 12-game losing streak. If they go about 20 and 5 the rest of the way, they might make the playoffs. Andre Turney, give us the latest on Clayton Keller. Is he going? No, but uh, it's uh, will take a few days. So, what's a few days? If you know, you let me know. It's not 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 tomorrow. That was yesterday. So tomorrow is today. They take on Montreal tonight. Face off at five o'clock. Suns are right now fifth place. They're tied with New Orleans, however. Here's what's crazy. They're only a half a game out of the play-in tournament. They take on Houston coming up on Thursday. The reason why the Suns are in fifth place is because Sacramento lost at home to Miami last night. Big break for the Suns. Pistons lost to the Knicks on a controversial non-call in which the Pistons should have been sent to the free throw line. Monty Williams, what do you think about the end of the game? The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've we've done it the right way. We've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. Interesting. They're in Chicago tonight. Do you think they're going to get any calls? (laughs) Lots of NFL news to go over. T. Higgins, receiver, franchised by the Bengals. Kickoffs. Executive Vice President Troy Vincent said there will be changes to the kickoff rules. Big difference there. Jets release guard Lakin Tomlinson, who would be a good fit for the Cardinals. And Combine, we're at day two for the defensive front seven players. They go through medical uh, exams and they start their team interview process. But they don't work out yet on the field. Defensive backs are going through uh, day one. One to look out for is Saturday when Roma Dunze takes the field. And finally, 
The, Denver, the city of Denver police have announced to all citizens that they're investigating a death at a local cemetery. Yeah. Again, that's it. They're, they're investigating a death at a cemetery. I just... When are they going to stop? <laughs> Jackpot Unplugged Army. I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to Unplugged at Whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tea time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off, plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat. You walk over for happy hour with your wife. You might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime. Or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com and feel the wind. I'm Janelle, General Manager of Bell's Nashville Kitchen, a.k.a. The Whiskey Wizard. Bell's isn't your typical country bar with mediocre bar food. We are a scratch kitchen with chef-inspired dishes in the only place you can get the best sandwich in all of Arizona, our Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Now, the drinks. I spend days infusing our own whiskey creations. Come in for Whiskey Wednesdays to learn about and drink our famous whiskey selection. We have live music most days and all weekend as part of our honky-tonk brunch. Bell's Nashville Kitchen on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. You found home, down home. I, I'm so flattered and appreciative of all of you in the Unplugged Army for the support that I received yesterday. I just want to take a minute. First words out of my mouth before we start a Tuesday morning is thank you. Now let's kill it again. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is that you've decided to make Doug Franz unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city that drops on your phone and right there on your TV every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, UFA, GCU, the Rattlers rising in the work. This is Doug Franz Unplugged. Presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. How are you? Hopefully everything's going great. I just realized I have a secret to tell you, and I, I don't know what I did, and I'll try to find it, and, and then I'll try to add it if I, if I can. But uh, my wife, Jennifer, is the one that – there it is. Okay, I got to see if I can figure out a way. Um, if I, oh, no, that isn't it. Uh, my wife is the one that actually runs at Doug Franz Unplugged on Instagram. Now, when I say actually runs it, I sometimes see this stuff and it pops up, but then I don't pay attention, but it's easier for her to take care of stuff. And then if you respond to me or say something to me on Instagram, she emails it to me to make sure I see it for Town Hall Tuesday. And there was one note for town hall tuesday on instagram that i think i forgot to transfer over into town hall tuesday 
And so I feel bad about that. So whoever it was, you deserve recognition. Sorry I didn't do it. But I want to want to kind of address it right right from the start is it was an interesting note. It was about Doug's big one yesterday, and it was somebody that said, Doug, I, I really appreciated how strongly you came out. I got to tell you, I totally agreed with you. Normally, I disagree with just about everything you say because I think you take stuff too personally. And that was, was a really interesting comment. And what, was, uh, what, what interested me about that comment so much is because I think the exact opposite of myself. <laughs> so, so one of us is wrong. I, I don't know which. And, but it, it forces me to kind of reexamine things um, a little bit. So I really appreciated what you wrote. So thank you. Um, now, I'll tell you, it depends on what you meant by I take things personally. I'm going to take a guess. I don't know if this is what you meant, but I'm going to take a guess. And I'm sorry I'm saying you when I didn't, I don't remember where your email is from my wife, things like that. But I'm guessing you mean I come off as anti-Cardinals. And therefore, you think because the Cardinals won't credential me, that's why I'm going after them so much. Um, if, that's, if that's what you think, I, I can confidently tell you I think you're wrong, but that's your judgment of me. So in a sense, how can you possibly be wrong? You have every right to judge me however you want to judge me. But... I try to do, and I hopefully, for the rest of you, you don't feel this way, hopefully I do a good job of separating those two things. I am not a Cardinals fan, nor will I ever be. I was a Cardinals supporter for a long time because of you. And when I say because of you, in experiencing that run to the Super Bowl and truly seeing how much the franchise means to you and just how loud... State Farm State at the time University of Phoenix Stadium was in that West in that Western Conference in that uh, NFC Championship game against the Eagles. That was such a fantastic atmosphere that I want the Cardinals to do well for you. Okay, I do want them to do well for you. I don't consider I'm, I'm really torn now as a Cardinals person. Okay, really torn about it. And the reason why is I until Michael Bidwill changes as a human being. I'm going to root against him every second of my life. Sorry. When I have, now that I have seen just how horribly he treats people, I'm not going to root for someone like that ever. However, I, I really like Monty Ossenford. Don't know him, but I like him. I like Jonathan Gannon. Don't know him, but I like those two men. I want them to succeed. And all of the people that still go to work every day for the Cardinals, who live in fear of what is Michael Bidwell going to blow up about today, and yet persevere just for the thrill of the other people they know in the building. I really want the Cardinals to do well for them. Okay? And then you'll never guess. Like You might say, why does this matter? This seems very, very small. But there are two employees there that I just think are incredible human beings. Now, there's more than that, but the ones that I feel like I know really well as people. There's a man named Craig Grealoux and a man named Jim Omohundro. And 
Craig Griolu used to work at the old station, and he was the first person to come right up to me and introduce himself to me, tell me what he does, and then let me know what can I do for you? Who can I introduce you to? How involved do you want to be with the teams? Things like that. And really grease the skids for me to come in and, and have a smooth feeling. And that was amazing because I've never told this story and I'm not bitter about it at all, but think about it. I came here from Kansas City. They did a national search and for the most part promoted or demoted people from within the building already. So KTAR was a news and AM news station. And then they bought a different signal, 92.3, and started doing what's called simulcasting. They had the news on both the AM and the FM for about six months just to try to get everybody that was listening to KTAR 620, hey, switch over and listen to us on FM. Switch over, listen to us on FM. And then on January 1st of 2007, they dumped news on the AM signal. And then Sports 620 KTAR was started. Well, there were already a good-sized sports staff on the news station. And a lot of those people just assumed they would be moved into even better positions on a brand-new sports station. You can imagine when they got announced in-house, hey, guys, we're going to start a new sports station. Every sports guy had to think this was their big break. And some of them got a big break. However... The station did a couple things that had to just punch them in the gut. Number one, they signed Gambo and Ash, the legendary talk show that was on a different station, and brought them over, and then reached into Kansas City and grabbed me. So if you were thinking you're getting one of those three positions, you didn't get it. And I can't, can you imagine how frustrated you were? So therefore, it was, nobody was rude to me at all. Nobody was mean to me. Everybody was kind. But there's always going to be the, I'm, uh, you know, management thinks you're better than me. You know, I mean, or, or a feeling like that. They had to be fighting that. Or they're just better people than me, and I would have been fighting that. <laughs> if I was already an employee of a company and they brought in somebody else for a job I wanted. Craig Grealu was amazing to me. So... I know the lives of Jim Omohundro and, uh, and Craig Rielu are happier when the Cardinals are doing well. So I want them to do well. So I can tell you it's not personal. It's just there is something different. Maybe you think I'm harder on the Cardinals than I used to be. There is something psychological there that I wish I could tell you never affected me, but maybe it did. Anytime I was overly critical of one of the teams – Starting in about, we started the show in about 2007, and I would say sometime around 2015 it was. I'm guessing. Then suddenly it became more meetings about me. It became more often I was getting called into the office, don't say it like this, say it like this. Don't be so hard on this specific part of the organization. Talk more about this. And my opinions were being forced through different colanders. And it's consciously making me think about, you know, what I'm saying instead of just giving a freewheeling opinion. Now, some of that is fair. You know, if I'm unfair, I deserve to be called out and brought into the office. Absolutely. But 
the thing is what I love, and I'll just tell you straight about the Diamondbacks and a, na- a man named Casey Wilcox, again, a man named Josh Rowich, and with a woman named Julie Fye with the Suns, um, and I, I think it was just those two, really. If I said something that they thought was unfair, they would call me. And we would talk about it. And there were times where I stood my ground and said, no, you guys deserve that beatdown. There were times where I didn't apologize, but I acknowledged that, you know what? That could have been said a little better. I, I see why either you were offended or your boss was upset. You know, I can, I, can, I can do a little better. And there were times where I was just flat out wrong, just flat out wrong. And I apologized to them said that, you know what, I'm, I'm a better talk show host than that. I, I let you down. And, and all of that was part of relationship building. Um, that really wasn't there with the Cardinals uh, at all in, in, in any way. There wasn't that type of, of a relationship. They would call the boss. They would get upset. The boss would call me in, things like that. I never took that personally. I just accepted that as part of the gig, totally part of the gig. Uh, but I did respect more the Suns and D-backs for the way they handled a disagreement totally. So I just thought it was nice to start the show off to let you, that, that email or that, uh, that Instagram post, it didn't, you know what, I didn't take it personal, but I just thought, you know, I should explain my side, but still it's up to you to judge. I don't feel like I'm overly critical or personal against the Arizona Cardinals. Let me tell you three stories. It goes to both ends of the spectrum. Uh, story number one, I do believe Michael Bidwell is a bad person right now in his life on the way he treats other people, and I hope he changes. And it's my job within the confines of my religion to pray for somebody like that. And I actually have before prayed for Michael Bidwell to change. Now, having said that, being fair to him, we are very good friends with a priest in the Diocese of Phoenix. I don't want to say which one because I don't want to out him. He might not want this story to be public. But he told me about an interaction he had with the Bidwell family. And through that interaction, Michael made an amazing donation to a cause that this priest was passionate about. And it's a beautiful, beautiful cause. And if you're heavily involved in the Catholic Diocese, if I told you the cause, you'd know the priest. So I hope you're not upset that I'm holding back a little bit on the story. He prays for Michael all the time and prays for a great appreciation for him. And I think I got to be fair. I mean, that's a story nobody in the media really knows. And I'm telling you. So here's an example of the goodness in the Bidwell family. And Michael somewhat taking after his dad, making massive donations that nobody knows about. However, um, or another positive story about the Cardinals. When I got let go, there were every team in the city reached out to say how much they appreciated the show, how much they appreciated what I put into it, things like that. And And I thought that was nice. The Arizona Cardinals were the only one that actually helped to set up an interview for me with another company to say, hey, you should talk to Doug. I I think Doug can bring a lot to your organization. I didn't get it. I think the organization just did it out of fairness to their relationship with the Cardinals, and they just wanted to keep the Cardinals happy, and they didn't really want me, but they did it for them. But it still, that took a lot for the Cardinals to do that. They were the only organization that did that. 
And uh, for those of you that are like newer to Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass, you probably didn't know that story. But I have told that a long, long time ago, very early in the show's history. I, I said that. So there's two amazing positives about the team. One amazing negative, and I need to, I'm telling you this not to bury them, but to allow you to judge if you think I'm being personal. Early on, when I realized this really is my future, and I'm going to start doing Doug Franz Unplugged on a regular basis, um, I had the thinking that one of the things that I could do is it would save me hours of time if anytime azcardinals.com interviews somebody, anytime azcardinals.com does a video press conference, they've got the sound. All you have to do is attach it to an email and send it to me. It would cause them two seconds of extra work every day if they sent me the, uh, the audio of their recordings that day. And then I could go through it and use what I thought was appropriate. However, in order to get that from them, I offered them free advertising. Hey, you guys give me an ad of yours, uh, give me a script to promote season ticket sales, whatever you want me to promote, I would be glad to. And they denied that, didn't want to do that. And you know what? If they would have said, we don't want to do that because if we do it for you, then a lot of other podcasters will, um, will want that. Number two, what if you rip it? Like, what if you have dis- totally disagree with something our coach said? We don't really want to help you do that. I would have actually accepted that. You know, I would have like, you know what? That's a good point. All right. Instead, they just flat out told me, let's see how you do in a year. Let's, you know, we don't see any reason to help a, a, a starting podcast. But if you're still doing it a year from now, then we'll look into it. I admit to you, maybe I shouldn't have been offended. Maybe that's fair by them. I did take offense to it because I felt like, oh, all of these years where I did free stuff for you, you just looked at it as, oh, that's just the company. We don't care that it's you personally. When I'm the one organizing it, you gave me an interview that I got to do, but then you said, hey, read this, read this, read this. So I've got four scripts in front of me. I'm supposed to rotate what you want me to say in the middle of the interview. It's honor system that I'm doing it. And yet now when I need you, you're like, nah, eh, okay. Do I feel like I have ever used that against them? I, I don't. It drove me. It, it did make me go, okay, you, you, you want to not believe in me? Just like anybody else. Let's see what happens then. You know, I did feel like that. Now, the work I have done with a Ron Miniger, with a, when Terry McDonough was speaking to me, which, gosh, it's been, it might have even been a year now since we last talked. I don't remember. I have to look at my notes. But it, with, with all the stuff that Michael Bidwell has gotten himself into with the burner phones and the things I believe that he's cheating on, with all of, with all of that, that was driven by something different. That was driven by my own failure to truly be a member of the media I needed to be in the Robert Sarver investigation. And I just didn't want to make that same mistake. So I just want, that's a long answer to one email that I don't even remember where it is. But I kind of thought you, I owed that to you, if, if you don't mind. We'll get into more of Town Hall Tuesday a little bit later. Um, 
a big meeting today, so wish me the best of luck. I'll be uh, going to 100 Mile Brewing Company today to uh, to meet with them and to meet somebody else while I'm meeting with them, so I'm kind of jacked up for that. Sound credits today. Uh, boy, Izzy worked really, really hard with a lot of D-backs uh, stuff. And the D-back stuff you got from dbacks.com, is that right, Izzy? They have their own site, their own YouTube page. It's like okay. D-backs Digest, I believe. Okay, D-backs Digest. Yes. Okay, so that's good. That's good. So uh, I love that you pulled that. We got some stuff from the Coyotes uh, PR department. We got uh, from ESPN.com, the Monty Williams sound. And then where did you get the, uh, the Nick stuff from? Uh, I got them both for Madison Square Garden, so Sportsnet, and as well as uh, Bally Sports Detroit. Okay, Bally Sports Detroit and MSG got you there. And then uh, we also have some Tommy Lloyd from their um, from the Wildcats um, internet or uh, YouTube channel. And then we got uh, the final goal, probably from NHL.com, but whoever broadcast the Kraken games, I think the Kraken or Bally Sports, if I'm not mistaken. But did you steal? Did you get it from NHL.com? Uh, no, I got it from Sportsnet. Oh, that's easy. Um, good. Well, then well, I, th- I think we're all set. Anything in your life, Izzy? What's going on in your world? Oh, nothing. Everything's, everything's cool. We're just chilling right now. Uh, Izzy is way too nice to say anything negative about his current situation in life, but I'll be the one to tell you. He's, his show expanded yesterday, one to three. So Izzy on sports, iOS is now one to three. That means Izzy gets up a little around three o'clock is at work from 4 a.m. to, I don't know, is he what, maybe 11.30 or so, <laughs> takes a break to go get something to eat, relax, do whatever, and then turns right around and gets back here and, and is prepping the whole time for a one to three show. That means he's, and I, when you wake up this early, honestly, I consider that part of the day. Uh, when I say part of the day, I mean part of your workday, meaning he's working 11-hour days just to get to and from here, then turning around, the only way you can do a show is to stay up at night and work most of the afternoon and evening as well. So Izzy's putting in somewhere between 16 to 17 hour days right now and still having the stamina to do a two hour show. So Unplugged Army, find a way to watch Izzy on sports. If, it's, if one to three isn't convenient for you because you're at work, I get it. But please become at least a basic member of, uh, of WTSMTV.com and watch the version that you can see. Maybe watch it at dinner. R- run it while you're running around the house. But I'd love for you to pump up the views on that. He deserves it. Hey, appreciate it. I do have a quick question, though. Yeah, there, there is something that has popped up. Um, yeah. Where me and my friend are actually going to join. A, we're going to join an adult league in terms of like softball, oh. flag football. Any, any suggestions on where to go? Because we're stuck in between basketball, flag football, and uh, – Softball. I can tell you, I played one year out in Scottsdale. And this, now this is 12, 13 years ago. So I pray to God they have made changes. Right. But they basically threw dirt down on concrete and said, here you go. And I, listen, at my, at my age, I was in my early 40s, I think at the time, maybe late 30s. Uh, I was still nuts enough that I would slide if I had to. And, uh, and there, it was impossible. I mean, it was literally sliding on concrete. And I played third, and I'll never forget diving for a ball and had some strawberries up and down my hips and thighs that lasted longer than they did in high school. It was crazy. So I would say no to Scottsdale just for that. Um, but I have no idea if they've made changes. 
Uh, other than that, I, I don't know if you actually want to scout anything, but I would go out to the field and see, am I going to kill myself on this field? <laughs> Makes sense. Got to scout it first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then that would, be my, uh, that would be my only advice. But I only played one year of it and uh, still bitter because I was clearly safe at third and an ump called me out. And I'm still upset about it. Still I'm, arguing it to this day. <laughs> well, yeah, because well, number one, I made the third out at third, which is the cardinal sin of all of you know batted ball sports. Yet I know I was safe, so I didn't make the out. It still makes me mad. And the guy didn't even move from home plate. Like if you hustle down the line and you stare at me and then you still call me out, well, you're wrong. But at least you worked, you know. Right? Yeah, you tried. The guy just stood at home plate, and goes out. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I'm not out. And so I was fired up. So there you go. <laughs> We've got an, ep- an umpiring epidemic in this cr- in this country, though. So basketball it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I just talked you into that. You're right. You're right. All right. Doug's big one. Doug's big one today is very short. My number one opinion, however, is simply you. Thank you. I when you when I look at some of my downloads going down and the numbers not being the same as they were when I first started, having a good turnout at Whirlwind, but not a fantastic dominating turnout, you can imagine it it gets you down a little bit. And I think about the people that have advertised with me that are counting on me. These people mean everything in the world to me. And and I want to give them a great product. I want to attract all of you. I want so much for other people. I've already had a great life, but I want to be great for other people. Yesterday was a powerful day for, the, for me and, and, I, and there I say the Unplugged Army. The feedback I got back from Doug's big one was incredible. Uh, just to tell you, Newsmakers Week is not comfortable for me. I see things on Twitter. I see all kinds of things online. I see everything, and it's basically, this is a bad, bad analogy, but it's the only way I can describe it. It's almost like your child leaving, being put up for adoption, and being great with somebody else. You know what I mean? It's like, wait, I invented that, I created that, I I built that station, and now you're all gravy training, and it's something that, hey, I got to get over. And it's written in the contract. Any idea I came up with as talent of that company is now their property. So they didn't do anything illegal, but they just did something crappy by continually continually using that as their own. And yesterday, after Doug's big one, the outpouring of support, I got so many tweets, so many posts, so many emails. I couldn't even use them all in Town Hall Tuesday today, and I just wanted to say thank you, but I also wanted to flip your feelings on that for a minute. And I wanted to let you know, those of you that are in the Unplugged Army, I know it's hard to get to every sanctioned event. I know it's hard to be as supportive as we need, but I got to tell you, that is a clear-cut example of why. Think about this city as it is without us. I just can't imagine in Philadelphia, New York, or Chicago, a morning show interviewing an owner and that station almost being allowed on air anymore. The rioting, and I, when I say rioting, let's, let's, let's calm down, Doug. But what, with the, the anger that would engulf that station, 
the dismissal of respect that would happen to that station would be enormous. And here, because there's no other options, everybody just eats it. We just eat it. We just go, okay, I guess that's how it's going to be. And truthfully, that's not how it has to be. This is a mistake. This isn't just the fault of Arizona sports. This is the fault of every sports station in Phoenix for not creating a good enough product that there's even a challenge. Arizona sports knows we don't have to do anything because no one's competing against us. No one's taking that shot. And that's why I look at you and I first say thank you because I didn't even know you cared that much. I, I don't mean that as a jerk. It's just it was incredible the way I was made to feel after uh, yesterday's show by so many of you that heard Doug's, Doug's big one. At the same time, how does that happen in which we really affect change? The only way we affect change is if there's a hundred people at an unplugged army event. The only way we affect change if there are thousands of you that sign up for WTSMTV.com. Imagine how crazy this is. And I'm being totally serious. It's a dream, but I'm being serious. Imagine if I have 10,000 downloads a day of Doug Franz Unplugged presented by Whirlwind uh, Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Imagine if Steve McCollum and Izzy and I have 20 to 25,000 viewers a day. Imagine if we have more hard-hitting investigative sports shows on WTSMTV.com. Imagine if we have that kind of power that then more and more advertisers are coming to us. What that does is more and more agents get in the way of the media relations department. The Cardinals are never going to provide us with a Cardinals player. The Cardinals don't want anybody in this city to know we exist. However, an agent could care less what the Cardinals feel like. So an agent might tell their player, hey, the main event with Steve and Dale is a fantastic show, and we want you to go on their show to talk to that many viewers and not be pigeonholed by the Cardinals. That The only way we get there is with more of you and more advertisers. It, this journey might take a week. It might take seven years to build this thing. But if you look at this, and if this is the prime example, the interview of Michael Bidwell to me, not because I'm driving, this should be the change our city is dying for. This should be the change where we realize we're getting snookered here. This is no longer a, a, a city that's really going to strongly compete for championships because if you're not holding teams accountable, what do they care? You can act like they want to win, but do you really believe Michael Bidwell wants to win? Sure, he wants to win once the game starts, but is he ready to compete every single day when you're willing to be the only team that doesn't pay for a meal? 31 other teams say this is the way to win? And he says, no, I know better than all of you. Why? Is that because of his track record of success? You see what I mean? Without hard-hitting real journalism and hard-hitting real opinions that are not based on fear, you're not going to get there. The city is not going to get there. Our teams aren't going to be what we want them to be. That interview proved it. 
And we can't rely on that show or those people to get us to where we want to go. We've got to do it ourselves. So I kind of, Doug's big one today is probably the weirdest opinion I've ever given you. My number one opinion today is I am not full of crap. <laughs> All the times I've been telling you, this is what we need to do. That proved it. That proved us right so far. Those of you that engage in Town Hall Tuesday almost every Tuesday, people like General Stavo, General Mike, Ron, General Tom, um, uh, A.G. Kleino, those of you that are hardcore, now newly minted General Josh, who booked himself four foursomes to come to Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass, people that are working like that, you are making a dramatic difference and you are lifting like crazy. Everybody else can, can, I'm asking you, can you lift a little more? And if you can't, I get it. But when I say, can you lift a little more? That means recruit new members of the unplugged army. That means watch the main event and iOS when you can. That means tell people the story of WTSMTV.com. That means always retweeting or reposting the uh the unplugged army um podcast that means when you meet somebody that says they like sports in arizona you say hey have you heard about doug franz unplugged that means when you're choosing where to buy a car you at least allow santan ford the first shot at your business and you go in there and you tell them hey i'm part of the unplugged army even when the guy comes in if you're using the mobile service to change your oil you say hey I wanted you to know I heard about you from because uh, I'm a member of the Unplugged Army. That guy probably has no idea what you're talking about. Like, none. But now he goes back and says, hey, I keep hearing from these people that are in the Unplugged Army. What is that? And then we just keep growing. And that's, that's the only way this thing grows. And I, I hope this is the weekend, that this is the week that kind of changes. That, that I shouldn't say changes. You're already creating change. But kind of the week that, that we take the next step that we all were reminded how important everybody that's, a, that's considered small by the old station can rise up and actually create something new. They embarrassed journalism last Friday. It's the only way to put it. And they embarrassed people like me who helped build that. And no longer am I here to beat them down. And I'm not even blaming the Cardinals for any of this, by the way. If the Cardinals can get away with it, why shouldn't they do what they did? I mean, if you're in charge of Cardinals media relations, wouldn't you have asked the same thing? Your job is to protect Michael Bidwill from himself. So wouldn't you say, hey, I don't want any hard questions? The problem is not the Cardinals asking. The problem is that any media outlet said, okay, that looks poorly on the entire city of Phoenix. Everybody nationally wants to rip Bickley and Murata. You know, I get it. I wouldn't rip Murata. I would look at Dan Bickley as a guy that you have written unbelievable columns torching a lot of people, fair or not, right or wrong. And now suddenly when you are sitting in that chair, that same chair you wanted to torch other talk show hosts for, you're no different. You're actually a bigger patronizer than anybody else you've ever attacked. All the people that you ever wrote about saying they didn't stand up for what's right. They did the wrong thing. You're going to be worse. You're, you're, wor you're more hypocritical than anybody ever. I don't blame Vince for that. But that's the station's decision. 
It's now our decision to, to decide, do we want change? Do we want legitimate change in our city? I think we do, but you're the one that could cause it. Let's do it together. All right, that's the end of Doug's big one. I tell you what, I went a lot longer than I expected. So, Izzy, if I could throw you a curveball, let's um, let's hit the second break. Uh, no, you know what? Never mind, Izzy. Never mind. Sorry to, to direct on air. I realize, you know what? With where we are right now, um, no, let's do it. Let's do it. Sorry I'm doing the math on the air, but we, we're getting into a new clock, and I haven't had a chance to give my opinion on it. Clock is a cool term in media that says when commercials are happening, but I think it is best that I, I hit a commercial now. And, I, man, I've got so much to do still. I want to talk to you about the NFL Combine, what to look out for, what's upcoming. The NBA standings are crazy right now. We've got uh, Town Hall Tuesday, and I love some of the comments of the Arizona Diamondbacks pitching staff. So we're loaded. And, oh, by the way, versus Vegas went pretty well, so we got to get to that too. I have no idea what this means. I do, actually. Whenever somebody is an inside story, and I can tell it while the music's going, Izzy, so don't worry. Whenever we ask questions on the old show and the person said, man, that's a good question, both Wolf or I would do something if it was our question. So Wolf looked at me and, and kind of like pointed violently like he's the man. And if they told me, hey, that's a good question, I would do this to distract Wolf. And I would start this really obnoxious white man dance that just made him want to throw up in his mouth. And so now you know some little insights to our show. And we didn't even listen to the guy's answer. We just laughed at each other. Okay, let's get back to content next when we talk combine on Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwood Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Of course, as you know, because of the orange juice and the beer I drink, I am a picture of health. However, intern McKenna and Jennifer used to get sick all the time until we bought an air scrubber from Parker & Sons. Call 602-2-REPAIR and ask about an air scrubber. It actually removes some of the germs, viruses, and allergens from even the surfaces of your home. I have zero idea how this thing works. Don't ask me. I'm not the expert but I know that hospitals use them. I also know at first Parker & Sons, they didn't truly believe it either. So they bought one, installed it in their home just to test it, to make sure that this is a worthwhile product that deserves the name Parker & Sons. They're thrilled with it, and that's why they offer them to you, and that's why I have them in my home. Call 602-2-REPAIR. That's 602, the number two, then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Sons. It's big, it's juicy, it's meaty. Get your burrito at Burrito Express. Burrito Express started with my father about 25 years ago. He got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old. And I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now.
got a funny story to tell you here in uh, in just a second. Thanks for watching Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Oh, Izzy and I were running around like crazy. I tell you what we're going to do, Izzy. Let's do all combine, break three at 57, and then let's go into uh, the NBA afterwards, okay? Um, so here's uh, – I'll tell you why we did that here in a second. We got – man, I, I, I love this, though. Like, like, when so much is going on, it just jacks me up. Let me talk to you about the NFL combine. The NFL Combine actually started yesterday. Now, if you are a big believer in the Combine, you might be running around and you might be going, wait a minute, wait a minute, it started. I, I didn't see any of the workouts. What's, what's going on? No, they don't work out on day one, okay? You get organized based on position. So the first group is all of the defensive front seven. So linebackers and, uh, and, and linemen, they go on day one. And the most important thing to me is I like to see the edge rushers and I like to see the three techniques. Now, if you don't know what technique is, this is kind of funny. There is the phrase working on your technique and that has nothing to do with the technique. How's that for, how's that for an explanation? But then the technique when you hear one, you've always heard three technique. But there's a one technique. You might hear somebody say, I play out at the five. There's a five technique. Uh, wide nines are a nine technique. Basically, it's just counting heads and shoulders. Does that make sense? If you look at the offensive line, you're counting heads and shoulders. Okay? And then you're, you're applying the word technique after it. The three technique is the outside shoulder of the guard. So the guard is the position next to the center. And his outside shoulder, the one that's facing the offensive tackle, that's the three technique. So now you kind of know that's one of the more important positions. That's an Aaron Donald type of position. And, of course, he doesn't sit at the three technique all the time. Sometimes he moves a little more inside. Sometimes they might move him outside, but usually not Aaron Donald. But you get the point. So defensive linemen, defensive ends came in yesterday. But, when they, but for everybody – they follow the same formula. It's just their day is different. Now you go, okay, what does that mean? You group them first. Defensive front seven, that's group one. Defensive backs and tight ends, that's group two. Uh, running backs, quarterbacks, and wideouts, they want them to all work out together so the quarterback can throw to those different groups. So that is all a group. And then the last day is O-line and special teamers. Place kickers, punters, stuff like that. Okay, does that make sense? Now, everybody follows the same calendar, but it's staggered. What does that mean? So, when you first get there, day one is you register in Indianapolis and you do some of your team interviews. Day two, you go for the full medical examination. And that's really, the, you might think I'm joking when I say this, that's the most important part of the entire combine is going there. And that's why they almost always want it in Indianapolis. Because in Indianapolis, not only is everybody a creature of habit, but you have the hospital is easily within walking distance and with above ground tunnels to walk over there. You've got Lucas Oil Stadium is right there and you have the hotels and you have the convention space for different parts of the event. 
It's just so easy to go here, go here, go here, go here, and then here are downtown restaurants. So nobody in the NFL wants it moved. None of the teams want it moved from Indianapolis. The NFL wants to make more money on it, and they're looking at the possibility of bouncing it around to different cities in America, but nothing is so simple and centrally located. And you might be shocked to learn this geographic fact, and I bet Izzy doesn't even know this as a guy from Indiana. Indianapolis is the largest city in America that's not on a river. I didn't know. Now, you, see, and that's now you might say, well, why does that matter? Now, for a city like St. Louis, that's a little weird because the Missouri and the Mississippi come in and it can get a little funky. Now, most cities, the river's not a major problem, but some of them have turned the rivers into its own river walk and it's really nice. But a city like Three Rivers, or like the city of Three Rivers, a city like Pittsburgh, you've got the stadium here, but you've got some of the hotels over here. You've got a gorgeous Roberto Clemente Bridge, but do you really want to have to walk over the bridge every day in February in Pittsburgh? See what I mean? So it's so easily centrally located, not in any way circumventing rivers or anything like that. It just makes Indy a little bit easier. So anyway, day two, your big medical, and then you have another round of team interviews. Day three, you have a third, the last day of team interviews. You actually have a meeting with the NFLPA in order to learn what they do for you as a union, and then you get introduced to the media, and you, have diff- you bounce around to different media interviews. Day four, you actually work out. So you're there for four days before you work out and all of your measurements are taken, your official height and weight, not what your college says. And then day five, you have one more thing to do. You do a bench press and then you do more media interviews, but you're walking around Radio Row. So therefore, the difference is media interviews are a whole bunch of cameras and newspaper and TV guys that are right there. But then the next day of interviews, is when you're walking Radio Row and, and the bigger bigger radio stations or the individual TV stations that are there that do a show, like a Jim Rome show, like Colin Coward, like NFL Today, stuff like that. They have got booths set up in a convention area and you walk those areas. So every grouping that I went through goes through those five days, but those five days are staggered. So therefore, day one's already happened for the defensive front seven. Now they're on to day two, but backtrack, defensive backs and tight ends, they're going through day one today. Hopefully that made sense. Hopefully I did a good job. Izzy, do you feel like you've learned something with that? Oh, not a whole lot, to be honest. Oh my gosh, I had good. no idea. <laughs> good. So, that, so now you know, every group goes there for five days. However, their five days are staggered. They go through the same process I said. Day two for each group is the same type of day two, but their day two is on a different day than maybe a different group. So that's the explanation. So where I care a lot is coming up, I'm really focused on Thursday, which is when the edge rushers work out. So you've already gone through like grueling three days worth of team interviews. That's what matters. Okay. Now, after all that, you finally go play football. So Thursday is edge rushers. I'm really interested in that. Friday is defensive backs and tight ends. I don't really care about the tight ends very much. 
Although if you're the Cardinals, if you were better in other positions, tight end might be an interesting thought. And I'm only throwing this out there just to get you to think. Aaron Hernandez is disgusting to talk about as a human being. But if you really want to look at one of the greatest offenses in the history of the NFL, it was the two tight ends of Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Two guys that actually cared enough to block and were incredibly strong and great pass catchers. It was death. Who's got a secondary? You guard those guys with a linebacker, they're open. You guard them with a safety, you can't, they're not open, but you just throw it up and they catch it anyway. Because it doesn't matter. Your safety's not strong enough to stop them. And then if you have too many guys in the secondary, they just run them over in the run game because those two can block. So I say that saying, man, if the Cardinals were good enough and they could draft Bowers out of Georgia and have that two tight end set with Trey McBride, that's kind of like a holy crap type of offense, to be quite honest. But they're too weak every... That's like going for a luxury. Why should the Cardinals build a castle when they live in the sand? You know what I mean? It's kind of like that. Pretty good analogy right there. Got a little Bible reference building on the... Okay, anyway. So, therefore, you see that they're not ready for something like that. But I care about the defensive backs that are going on Friday. Huge position of need for the Cardinals. And then, I can't wait until Saturday... I am one of the few people that believe Roma Dunze out of Washington is the best wide receiver in this class. There are very few draft experts that agree with me. Some of them disagree with me to the point that they would not care about any other opinion I have. The idea of somebody going against Marvin Harrison Jr. is sacrilegious to some of those people. I get it. Keep in mind, I still think Marvin Harrison is a top three pick in the draft. I'm not stepping on Marvin Harrison Jr. at all. I just think Roma Dunze is that good. Marvin Harrison Jr., for Saturday's workout, not participating. Malik Neighbors is the newest darling for some people out of LSU, not working out. Roma Dunze says, I'll be your huckleberry. He's going. He's working out. He's not afraid. Says, fine, I'll, I'll do this test. I love that. So I'm jacked up for that. Uh, I really want to see the edge rushers working Thursday. Dallas Turner and Jared Verge. Now, I don't know how many of the edge rushers are working out. Sorry, I don't know that information. But I am one of the few, again, I'm a little outlier. I like Jared Verse as my number one pass rusher. I would say 12 to 15% of draft experts agree with me. The vast majority are on Dallas Turner. Again, no issues with Dallas Turner. I would love Dallas Turner to be a Cardinal. But I tell you, I, there's, 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 there's an anger in Jared Verse that he plays with, and I want that. I want that. So that's really important to me. I like him. And then... There's a player that I want to see work out, Ennis Rakestraw. Honestly, he did not impress me too much at Mizzou. But I got a scoop from a friend that said, you don't realize what he was going through. He had a massive core injury problem at Mizzou, and he played through terrible abdominal muscle pain and played through it. This guy is tough. He would be great. And I'm like, okay, I'll, you know, let me see what he does then. And I'm, I can't wait to see more workouts from him because he had surgery and he's supposedly healthy. That's Ennis Rakestraw.
And then I want to see the battle of offensive linemen. Alt, Fashano, and Fuaga is, uh, is who I'm looking at. So I'm really jacked up. Really jacked up for a lot that's coming uh, on the combine. All right, coming up next. I want to focus on NBA standings. I want to focus on Town Hall Tuesday. And we've got some D-backs to do. We're loaded today. It's coming up next on Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub at Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. going to try something new in uh, in just a second but we got a, a lot going on and uh, tr- just trying to do a new experiment try I, I can't wait to try to show you and then okay let me tell you a quick story because it's kind of funny <laughs> we have behind the camera uh so it's a little bit of a walk over to my right now it's when i'm on the screen it looks funny because i'm pointing to the other side but over to my right is izzy's desk and then to the right of izzy's desk is a big green screen and if you've ever watched you know, TV news and you see the weatherman pointing at a map and he's doing all this stuff, well, that guy is actually standing in front of a big green screen. There's nothing else there. And then they superimpose the picture of the map on the green screen. And a computer takes the, all things that are green out of the picture and then puts in whatever you're superimposing. So the weather guy looks at the, the screen next to him. So he looks at a little TV to see where he's pointing. Now, here's what's funny about that. Do you remember what I said? It takes all the green out. Well, we've been expecting to use the green screen for a while. We've been excited about this. We've kind of decided, let's try it today. Let's try it today. And then what does doofus me do? I wear my uh, flag of Zamunda hat, which is kind of a highlighted yellow, somewhat close to green. And I wear a green shirt. (laughs) Well, quick question. Yeah. Do you still have that uh, mic near you by chance? Yeah, I do. Is it still on? It is still on. Check, 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 check. Uh, can you do that one more time? Check, 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 check. I still. Check, 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 check. Oh, it's starting to come through a little bit. I would say just. Check, check. But I don't hear it great. Oh, you check. Yeah, I only hear it in that mic. Yeah, I just want to try it real fast. Yeah, it's all right. Um, so we were thinking about trying the green screen. We got an audio issue, so we can't try the green screen. But it's also probably for the better because I was so dumb and I wore a green shirt. And I think it would just be this talking head walking around on the screen. So it might look a little funny. Do we want to just yeah, show? Yeah, I was like, if you want to walk over there to show. Okay, yeah. So let's see what how funny I look in a green shirt on a green screen. I'll bring the microphone yeah. in case I get lucky. Right? Yeah. We'll see <laughs> I was like, I'll talk for a little bit too. If that's yeah, cool. we'll see what happens. All right, here we go. Yeah, so right now I have the Western Conference standings up right now. You're going to see where the Phoenix Suns are landing at, and you're, you're pretty much possibly going to see a headless Doug walk into the screen. And right here. <laughs> no, that's funny. Yeah, so. <laughs> that is funny. You got your Phoenix so, Suns right here, number five. I would want to come over here, and uh, this is a little weird. So I, I've learned. 
Yes. Got the standings right here. Got the Phoenix Suns at number five. <laughs> I was like, it's gonna be hard trying to, <laughs> trying to follow through with Doug as well. But that's pretty much what it looks like right here. And once Doug comes in with anything other than a green shirt, it, man, we'll be off and running, off to the races. I think we'll be pretty good. <laughs> so that's a that's a good lesson. I thought it looked like a pretty snowfall. <laughs> to, to, to be honest, to be able to uh, to do that. So that was a good lesson. Men in green don't go in front of green screens. Uh, very well, which everybody knows, but you don't think about it at 4.15 in the morning when you're putting a shirt on and saying, hey, don't forget about the green screen. But this is heartbreaking as a bobcat because I, I love my shirt. You know, I want to be able to keep wearing it. All right, let's get to, uh, let's get to, let's go to Pistons first, if you could, Izzy. But I do want to go back to the Western Conference standings and look at it for a second. But let's start things off with the Pistons. And if you didn't see it last night, Boy, are there a lot of upset people. Now, I don't know how upset you can be when you're Detroit, when you're one of the worst franchises foot basketball's ever seen. But here's what happened. You got a, uh, a big chance for the Knicks to be able to come out a winner. So, Izzy, go ahead and roll the, the, the play, if you could. Knocked away. Hardstein picks it up. Out to DiVincenzo. Ten seconds to go. He throws it away. Ball loose. Picked up by Brunson. Brunson inside the heart. Hearts banks it in. Oh my now, I, I'm going to throw you a curveball, Izzy. I'm going to ask you to run that again. That's MSG Network, and that's Mike Breen, who, if you didn't know, is the regular Knicks play-by-play guy, but he misses a lot of games as the number one play-by-play guy of ABC ESPN. But his day job is the Knicks play-by-play guy. And uh, when you watch it again, it all happens so fast. The Knicks have the ball. The Knicks are trying to win. DiVincenzo throws the ball away. And when he throws the ball away, it's tapped out and a piston has it. And when a piston is getting ready to throw it up court, you'll see there's another white jersey wide open at about the offensive three-point line. This is going to be an easy Pistons layup and victory because of the DiVincenzo tackle. When you're watching the play again, don't really watch the DiVincenzo pass. Watch DiVincenzo's reaction to the pass and a full-on tackle. I mean right into the thighs of a guy with the ball, and there's no foul called. Here you go again. Brunson, three-pointer, off the mark, rebound deflected. Chased down, saved by Grimes to Fontecchio. Knocked away, Hardenstein picks it up. Out to DiVincenzo. Ten seconds to go, he throws it away. <laughs> Ball loose, picked up by Brunson. Brunson inside the heart, Hards banks it in, and a foul! Next. So if the play would have happened like it should have with no foul, Detroit's got a layup at the other end or they probably would have the ability to dribble out the clock because there's no Knicks down there. I don't know if the Pistons are smart enough to say, hey, I don't need to score here. But the, the mistake, if the Knicks have another timeout, would have been score, you're up by three. Knicks call timeout, they move the ball, they got a chance at a last second three. More than likely, a pass out would have been easy to dribble out the clock. Pistons win in the Garden. And what a nice win for a young team to win in the Garden. Instead, you have that horrible non-call by the officiating crew. They did admit a mistake afterwards, but I don't think it mattered much to Monty Williams after the game. 
Where's the New York media now? The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've, we've done it the right way. <clears throat> we've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game, <clears throat> and the guy dove into Asar's legs, and there was a no call. That, that's an abomination. You cannot miss that in an NBA game, period. And I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of our guys asking me, what more can we do, coach? That situation is exhibit A to what we've been dealing with all season long, and enough's enough. You cannot dive into a guy's legs in a big time game like that and there be a no call. It's ridiculous and we're tired of it. We just want a fair game called, period. And I got nothing else to say. We want a fair game and that was not fair. I'm done. Yeah, 25 grand. <laughs> Do you feel good? That's 25 grand. Now Monty is, is got paid. He didn't even feel like necessarily coaching this year. He was going to take a year off. And then Detroit Pistons decided, um, we're going to drive an armored truck over to your driveway, and we're going to pay you not only to be a highly paid coach, but we're also going to pay a tax for you to have to move to Detroit. <laughs> okay, I'll come. So that was Monty. So now, now he's second-guessing it. But that was highly entertaining. So when you want to see it close up, let's see, does he have a right to be fired up? Here you go. And then throws it away here. And Whoa. right here now what they'll say. And then throws it away here. And right here now what they'll say. Like where does DiVincenzo hit the ball? If you hit the ball first and it becomes a loose ball situation, it doesn't matter that you hit him. But that was a referee that is right there but very slow to react. Didn't see the play well enough and totally blew it. And I here's what happens, and the NBA won't admit it, but I think this is somewhat fair. The Pistons are so bad that you don't necessarily assign your best referees to do a Pistons game. So the Pistons might feel like we always get screwed, but guess what? How else are the young referees going to learn? Yet, I take a step back. Adam Silver, I totally believe you're inept. Nobody wants to call you out as a commissioner because you're a nice man and everybody likes you. I think you're completely inept. Number one, I judge you by the ridiculous decision that Robert Sarver can treat his employees the way he did, and you say that's worth a one-game suspension. Thank God for companies like Kroger and PayPal who were legitimately the ones that put the pressure on Robert Sarver to get out and not the NBA. But also because of this, you've had an officiating problem for 30 years. It's been atrocious for the last 12. I mean, an absolute abomination. And you haven't succeeded in fixing it. There is no bigger problem in the NBA than the officiating. And what have you been able to... I mean, when you fail at something, the rest of us in the blue-collar world, when you fail at something for a day, you get called out. You fail at something for a week, you know what? There's going to be a write-up. You fail at something for a month, you probably don't last. Adam Silver has failed in fixing the officiating issue for 12 years. And it's all right. Hey, good job. Your money's still coming in. Good job, Adam. That's, you can tell owners and the commissioner do not care. The officiating in that league is an embarrassment to sports. 
and they don't care. They don't care. And you and, they, and if they were here, let's face it, if Adam Silver, you know, I detest what you're saying. I don't like that. I'm angry. We do this. We do this. We do this. We Listen, you can say all the things that you're doing. You fail. It doesn't matter how many ways you think you're working hard at something. You failed. I'll give you a week. I'll give you a month. I'll even give you a couple years because maybe one guy is trying something. You find out it didn't work. Okay, let's do something else. This is 12 years of not below average officiating, of an atrocity of sport. <laughs> and you still don't have an answer. That means you're bad at your job. That's, that's all there is to it. You're bad at your job. If you can't solve your number one problem in 12 years, you shouldn't be the one to try to fix it anymore. Um, I, so I totally get what Monty's doing. Now, they play the Bulls tonight. Does anybody – I'm on back end of a back-to-back going from New York to Chicago. I am wondering what that's go, that game is going to be like officiating-wise. Let's see if the Pistons shoot like 48 free throws <laughs> in this game to, uh, to try to treat them fairly. All right, let's go to the Western Conference standings, Izzy. Sacramento was a loser last night, and I think that's a big deal. And this is now going to be a dogfight the rest of the way. Sacramento was the five seed, and what's really interesting is when you look at the Western Conference standings right there, it's on your screen on WTSMTV.com. If you're listening to the podcast, Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or TuneIn, I'll kind of walk you through it. But because of Sacramento's loss, they went from the five seed all the way down to the play-in game. There's a tie at five and six between the Suns and New Orleans right now. And then there's another tie barely below them. So in one loss, you can drop from the five seed to actually being on the road in the play-in tournament down to eight, possibly even soon to position nine, which means you have a home game in the play-in tournament. But you've got to win two games to get into the actual playoffs. That's a mess. Now, what's interesting about this, keep your eye at the, t- let's say, look at the top six standings or so in the West. If you re- do you want to manipulate it? Would you, want, would you rather go into the play-in tournament or not? Now, when I say that, at first you're like, what a stupid question. Why in the world would I want to go into a play-in tournament? Technically, I would say the Suns don't because I think we would all agree the teams they would play in the tournament, the Suns could easily lose to. It's not like the Suns are a dominant force, so why risk the play-in tournament? But here's why I ask such a ridiculous question. If you are the five or the six seed, you avoid the play-in tournament, right? You avoid it. You don't have to be in it. But who does the five and the six seed play? They play the three and the four seed. Right now, that's the Clippers and the Nuggets. You kind of get where I'm going? Who scares you more? Clippers or Nuggets in the first round? Or trying to beat, all you have to do is probably win one of the games against somebody, Dallas, New Orleans, um, let's say Sacramento maybe, even though those are all tough nightmare matchups, Golden State, not that any of those teams are easy. But do you think you have a better shot at just beating one of those teams one time and then you play Oklahoma City or you play Minnesota? That's the key here. 
If you're in the play-in tournament and you get out, you play the one seed or the two seed. And they've been sitting around for a week. So you've got Minnesota and Oklahoma City, one team frighteningly young in the Thunder, one team in Minnesota haven't had to be – the last time Minnesota was a one seed, I think it was Kevin Garnett's fifth year in the league, okay? It's been that long since there's been expectations there. So I would much rather play those two teams in order to advance – but I realize how dumb it is to actually say get in the play-in tournament when the only team that might be in the play-in tournament that I like the Suns to beat is Utah. And Utah right now, they're not in the play-in tournament. The other teams, oh, the Suns can easily lose to the Pelicans, to the Kings, to the Mavericks, and, uh, and maybe to Golden State. I like the matchup of Suns-Golden State more than I like any of the other matchups. But they could easily lose the play-in tournament, and this is a moot argument. And I'm not actually saying go through the play-in tournament, okay? Avoid the play-in tournament, yes. But the congratulatory note you get for not going into the play-in tournament is would you rather have Jokic and Murray and Aaron and try to keep Aaron Gordon off the glass when we're not a great rebounding team? Or would you rather ha- handle Harden, Leonard, Paul George, <laughs> and Russ off the bench? See what I mean? The West is awesome. The West is awesome. So I thought we should go through the Western Conference standings. Tonight, if you care, Dallas right now in the play-in tournament. They're at Cleveland. Cleveland's good. Golden State is in the play-in tournament. They're at Washington. Washington's not good. Utah just barely out of the play-in tournament. They're at Atlanta. Atlanta's average. And New Orleans is right there in a tie with the Suns. And they're at New York. Knicks are on the back end of a back-to-back after that crazy win that they just had against the Pistons. And so if New Orleans loses, Suns are by themselves in the five spot. New Orleans wins, they pass the Suns, and then they become in a tie. Let's say Dallas wins and New Orleans wins. Suns move into a tie for sixth, just like that. So uh, you can see the standings are uh, crazy and uh, at a nut job. All right, that's enough of me yapping. Now it's time for you to start yapping. It's time for you to have a turn. You email me, Doug, at DougFranzUnplugged.com. You post something on X to me, Twitter, at UnpluggedDoug, or you post something on Instagram, at DougFranzUnplugged. I take it, kind of added it up for brevity, hands it over to Izzy, and Izzy leads us in a Town Hall Tuesday. Hear ye! Hear ye! Oh yay! Oh yay! It's time... To call a town hall meeting. That is the sign for Izzy to go, but Izzy does not have a camera, so maybe we need to put Izzy in front of the green screen once we get the mic all straightened <laughs> out and, and everything, and, and you'll you'll lead us from the green screen, and maybe we can have... You know what? We could actually have people's you know letters and comments that they made and posted. We could put that on the screen while you read it. I kind of like that yeah, idea. Yeah. It's, you ever seen those NBA roasts where they read Twitter accounts? Yes. Read, yeah, it could be something like that. We'll yeah. have the messages in the back. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of I kind of like that idea. All right, Izzy, what you got? Uh, can we get you a label maker for the 360 so you don't have to hunt for the right button? <laughs> in the spirit of the Newsmakers interview, I bring you this hard-hitting question. What's your opinion on 7-Eleven Slurpees? I was a big fan of the cherry, peach, and blue wackadoo flavors. Wacka what? I'm sorry. Uh, hated the Coke ones. I'll hang up and listen. This is from General Mike. First of all, the hang up and listen is really funny. Number two, just to give you a rundown, rundown, rundown. I have what are called overlays that lay on the 360. 
and they are written out. The problem is when I'm using the 360, I don't always know what bank I should be on. There are 50 buttons to hit, and then there are 10 banks. What does that mean? If bank one has 50 buttons, bank two has 50 buttons. Bank, And sometimes I forget what bank I'm on. So, like, if we can hear from a dear friend, God bless his soul. Shut up and vote. That's John Clayton, who's mad at pro bowlers. <laughs> and he just said, shut up and vote. And I'll never, I'll never forget that. And then ASU fans, get, get excited. I'm on the train. There you go. Herm Edwards making an appearance today on Doug Franz Unplugged. As far as your Slurpee question, I've never had a Slurpee. But that's a great phrase for, that's a new phrase for softball questions. Questions asked on Newsmakers Week are now Slurpee questions. I like that. Thank you, General Mike. What's next? Mr. Doug, where's your favorite place to watch a ball game at at Chase Field? Let's have a beer and I'll tell you mine. This is from Dustin at Pebbles Creek. Okay. Uh, First of all, Dustin, we missed you. We missed you. You've been an incredible supporter of Doug Franz Unplugged, so thanks for all that you've done. But I just want to tell you that uh, that I was thinking about you and missed you on Friday at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Um, When I was an employee of the old station, since the old station is a flagship, they had access to tickets all the time. So we could just say, hey, I'd like tickets. And then you never knew what you were going to get. But a lot of times I would go to day games and they would give me tickets right behind the dugout. Now, those tickets are unbelievably expensive. But when you, you asked, there's a great bar behind home plate with great bartenders and a great buffet. It's delicious food. And you can even order off the menu and kind of tell the chef, I want something like this. It's awesome. So when you ask that, however, if I'm being like what I could normally afford, we bought tickets to the playoff game when Alec Thomas got the home run in the pool to knock off the Phillies, one of my great baseball experiences ever. And we sat in the front row of the upper deck, kind of around the on-deck circle. We were enough in the middle of the field that we could see down both corners and there was never an obstructed view into the corners. And it was really easy for me as a dad to point out, even though the shift was dead, different player movements and to be able to explain, look how the pitcher's pitching the hitter inside or outside based on where the defense is set up. And I I really like that. So I realize a lot of people rip upper deck seating, but I got to tell you, If you can sit really low in the upper deck, I think you'll have a fantastic time at a uh, at a Diamondbacks game. I actually like that better than the suites. Now, the suites, the station had a suite. So about two or three times a year, they would ask me to sit in the suite and entertain clients. I loved if you if you're like reasonably wealthy, I love the suites with small kids to be able to just shut the door. And let your kids pay attention to the game or not and run around in the suite, that is awesome. So if you ever get invited into the suite, it's a great time to take your kids. I don't like the suites if I didn't have my children. Now, I know that sounds dumb, but the reason why is I want to watch the game. And there's all kinds of stuff going on in the suite or going on in the suite next to you. And it's hard to really focus on the game. Or the people that are in the suite, they don't care about the game. And then they're always bugging you about the game. So it's not a fault of the Diamondbacks. I'm just not a fan of the suites. So I honestly say within my price range, it would be front row, upper deck. And uh, Dustin, I'm at, I'm at uh, 
uh, at Red's Bar and Grill almost every Friday. Not every Friday, but almost. So just walk in, ask the bartender, Brian, Jody, Deidre, Jennifer, whoever's there, uh, um, James. Hey, is Doug here? And uh, and they'll put you out. They'll, they'll find me because I'm almost always there. What's next? Hey, Commander. Haven't listened to Arizona Sports Radio after September of 2021. Mm. Loving the Izzy interactions. This is from Lieutenant in the White Mountains, Andrew. Andrew. That was cool of you. Um, yeah, boy, that's it. impressive. That you, uh, Listen, I totally understand people boycotting the old station for about three months. You know, like, I'm so mad Doug's gone. And then eventually it's like, what else are you going to do? <laughs> there was no other option. So hopefully you listen to Unplugged every day. I'd like you, to, if you don't already do it, get into the habit of, of watching the main event and watching iOS every day here on WTSM. And as we grow and get more shows watching us all the time, but I get it. You're in your car sometimes. But remember, you can also Bluetooth WTSM. Please, God, don't watch it while you drive. But you can listen to the show in that sense and actually be listening live if you're a, if you're a live member. And that's a way to interact while you're on the road and things like that with the show. I think it's a great idea. But thanks for the love. That's really cool of you. And as far as the Izzy interaction, I totally agree. And just recently, as a free plug for Izzy, I think, Izzy, you're, you're agreeing. You're starting to realize how much you add to the show, and I think that's cool that a member of the Unplugged Army is encouraging more of you. Oh, yeah, it was dope. Yeah. Definitely appreciate it. It's a whole lot of fun, too. Good. What's next? Uh, hey, Doug, I read this article on Pro Football Talk and thought of you. I'm sure you have had this article sent to you already, but it's the rare interview of Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell, a voice all the hot-button issues of the past <laughs> 12 months. This is from David. Uh, David, you were the first one to send it to me. However, I had seen it already, and here's why. That interview that took place that got all the negative attention on the old station, you can imagine I ran off to Whirlwind, so I had no idea who was on what day. The main event was on from 8 to 10, and then we played golf. And then when we went to Trophy afterwards, great Chandler Bar, uh, Steve was sitting across from me and told me about how the new, the, our new phrase from today's Sound Hall Tuesday, the Slurpee interview that took place. So then when I got home, I read about it and saw that exact article in Pro Football Talk. And then to do my due diligence, I listened to it and was literally appalled like literally i knew it would be a difficult interview i didn't think it'd be a total slurpee and uh and it and it was what's next doug i agree with you about adunze being the best receiver in the draft i personally hope the cardinals somehow take him i'd love for the cardinals to trade back and take either adunze or joe alt Another thought I've had for a while, why don't the D-backs go out and sign Blake Snell? Mm. Who knows the future with Gallon, but we'd have a great rotation for the next two years while we still have Gallon under control. Thanks, and Brett. It's from Brett. Brett, those are great opinions and great questions. Number one, let's talk about Adunze. Just know you're on an island alone with me. No matter who's there at number four, I still like trading back no matter what. Um, it really depends on how well the quarterback pro days go. Because you have to have two scenarios happen in order for the Cardinals to trade back. Everybody likes to say, just trade back. Just trade back. Well, here's what you have to have. You have to keep this in mind. Number one, you have to have a player at number four that somebody's willing to trade up and go get. 
And number two, they have to be pay, willing to pay a high enough price that wherever the Cardinals are drafting, it makes sense. If the Cardinals only go back one, two, three spots, oh my gosh, do that in a heartbeat. There's tons of good players there. You go back all the way to 11, 15, something like that. Well, now that's twofold. A, there's good players there, but not as good as where you were. And you can pull off something you did last year. Remember, the Cardinals traded all the way down to 12, then came back up to six to get Paris Johnson. So now that price has to be so worth it that you can get back up into the draft if you're going to trade down. So that means somebody in the top three has to pass on a quarterback. Somebody in the top three has to love Marvin Harrison Jr. enough and to say, we're going to draft that guy. I have heard rumors that because of Cliff Kingsbury, Washington wants Caleb Williams so bad that they're willing to send the farm to the Bears, then take the number one spot. Then the Bears are sitting at number two, and with that huge draft haul, they do give their quarterback, Justin Fields, one more year to see what he can do. Do I believe it? No. I think what they're doing is dragging it out and seeing, okay, just how high of a price Washington will pay. And I don't think it'll end up happening. I think Justin Fields is done in Chicago. I think they're drafting Caleb Williams. But I do agree with the Bears telling nobody anything to see if somebody's going to go crazy. But that's a scenario that has to play out for a quarterback to be sitting at number four. Would the Cardinals actually trade, in a sense, Marvin Harrison? If there's three quarterbacks to go one, two, three, you can't look at it like we're trading the fourth pick. You have to look at it like we're trading Marvin Harrison Jr. And as I say, even though I think Adunze is better, trading down on the hope of drafting Adunze, I don't think is worth not getting Marvin Harrison Jr. There's a, there's a difference there. But I think the Cardinals are so bad, if you get a big enough haul – and it's not all about Roma Dunze, it's just we're bad, we need players all over the place, then I trade down because no matter how great you think Marvin Harrison Jr. is, even if you think he is the next Jerry Rice and Larry Fitzgerald, he alone is not going to get you into the playoffs. This team is terrible. You need a ton more players. So if you can sell the farm to move down, do it. What's next? Oh, oh I yeah, forgot. Blake yeah. Snell. <laughs> yeah. The answer is absolutely. Why not? Spend the money, Ken Kendrick. Spend the money. The fans showed you that they're there. Listen, all of these years that that's been a cheaply run organization as far as free agents, I've never gotten on them at all, ever. Because, hey, they've had teams that were good, were in the playoff chase all year, and the fans didn't come out. So I support them not spending money until what I saw last year. Now, step up, Ken Kendrick. Go get Blake's now. Why not? Don't be afraid. It's time to win. What's next? Hey, Doug, just wanted to let you know that I love the first half hour of today's show. It was great just to hear you and Izzy talk about basketball, beer, and golf. Someday I'll do what I can to make it to a sanctioned event, but I just wanted to send a message saying, hey, happy Beer Friday and go Snakes. Oh, Cheers from General David in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Boy, that was such a nice thing to say, but General David, you're going to take great offense to this. You can't be a general if you're not at sanctioned events. Remember... Keith Rohde, who lives in North Carolina, went to the first ever sanctioned event. So you are Lieutenant Colonel David from Kalamazoo. Can't be a general if you're not going to events. However, man, do we need your support, so thank you. <laughs> How can I insult you and praise you at the same time? That's what I tried. I love that compliment. If you didn't, if for those of you that don't know what uh, Lieutenant Colonel David is talking about, uh, 
Izzy and I had a show where I think we produced we, we were we produced zero content for forty five minutes. Yes, all we did was just yap. But it was a great basketball conversation. We had a lot of fun doing it. So I totally agree with you, David. As long as Izzy and I don't make that a habit that we're doing it four and five times a week, I we will definitely do more of that because that was really good. What's next? Doug, I just saw on the I just saw on the tea time schedule that you're playing golf with Tim Hovick from Santan Ford. He's the potential new sponsor. Strong Doug's big one today. Loved it. This is from Ooh. General Aaron Klinow. I think it's Klinow. Yeah, Klinow. Okay. Um, uh, General Aaron, first of all, thank you. I hardly got to spend any time with you at Whirlwind. So, General Aaron, thanks for coming out and being a part of that. Uh, I owed you a lot more of my time, and I and I and I didn't do a great job of that. Secondly, yeah, Tim has a messed up hip so he wasn't able to play so he wasn't there but you're right tim hovick of santan ford is our newest advertiser they start next week and uh i it's just all i can say is flattering and rewarding think about the size of that company they're one of the biggest dealerships in the country they're the best ford dealership in the country they can advertise anywhere or nowhere and they'll still be great and that's just a guy that says, you know what? I didn't know what you were doing. I found you. I want to support you. And then let's go a little step further. He's one of the biggest sponsors in Arizona Cardinals history. Do you know how bad the Cardinals probably don't want Tim Hovick advertising on Doug Franz Unplugged? What a strong stand-up guy to try to support our NFL team so we can win some games and at the same time have the courage to sponsor a WTSM that's fighting to be the strongest, not antagonist on purpose, but be the truth tellers of all of our teams. And if somebody deserves a rip job, they get it. That's a really strong play for Tim Hovick. I hope those of you that are in the market for a new car, a pre-owned car, or have any work that needs done to your car, strongly consider Santan Ford first. Uh, nice of you to notice that. And thanks on the compliment on Doug's big one yesterday. What's next? Monday's Doug big one. Monday's Doug's big one was 100% correct. Lived in Chicagoland for 18 years, and that puffball interview would <laughs> never play there. I tuned into the Bidwell interview. It was an absolute joke, and while they likely don't care, I shared my thoughts anyway. Hashtag Unplugged Army at Greg H. Nine. Uh, uh, Greg H. I saw your tweet to to uh, the old station. That was a pretty good beat down tweet. And just like you thought, I was one hundred percent correct. Not only do I appreciate that, I'll turn it around. I thought your tweet was one hundred percent correct. That was really strong. What's next, Izzy? Love how you don't hold back. Keep up the good work. This is coming from David Deville. Uh, David, I got to tell you, there's been a lot of tweets from you that you've disagreed with me, and I just want to give you a shout out. You've always disagreed with me with class, and that that brings a lot of good content. You force me to think in a different way, so I really love your your uh, involvement in Town Hall Tuesday. And then, in your mind, I deserve the compliment, and you gave it. So for you to freely go after me when you think I deserve it, but also throw me the flowers when you think I deserve it. That's that's a true, honest man. So, David, thanks for your input, and I appreciate the compliment. What's next? Great Doug's big one today. I did not know the Arizona Republic and the Old Station were related. Oh. That explains a lot at Gene <laughs> Lilly 14. Okay, Gene, keep in mind, when I was talking about the Old Station yesterday, I said, 
KTAR stands for the Arizona Republic. But that was at the beginning of the station. The Arizona Republic sold that station 400 years ago. It's now owned by a company called Bonneville out of Salt Lake City. But And Bonneville's a, a good West Coast conglomerate of, of station and media ownership. However, they're not related at all right now. So the beatdown is funny. Even though I'm not a big fan of the Arizona Republic as a paper, uh, there's two things I am huge fans of. Number one, I think they got a really good sports department. Uh, number two, I love their involvement in the Gilbert Goons. If you really think about what was going on with the Gilbert Goons, there were only two groups in, in the city that was really giving that proper due, proper negative attention. And that was the Arizona Republic and Steve McCollum. That was really it in the entire city. So props to those people because without them, who knows if we'd still be twiddling our thumbs on getting justice served. What's next? Bidwill is a horrible person who unfortunately has the power to control the narrative. Mm. Hopefully and God willing, his time will come when he has to pay his dues like Sarvers and Snyders of the world from Drago 99. Wow, that's that's strong, Drago. Um, I hope Michael changes as a person. I don't root against somebody's ability to change, but I admit I root against them if they refuse to change. And right now, that's the category I would be in with Michael Bidwill. However... There has never been a time I've compared him to the atrocities of Robert Sarver as a business owner, and neither of those men are as bad as Daniel. Daniel Snyder is simply a monster. There's a difference between being a monster and a bad guy. Well, I shouldn't say that. Being a monster and a bad guy is the same thing. But you can be a bad guy without being a total monster. I don't think Michael Bidwell is a total monster. I think Daniel Snyder is the second worst owner in the history of sports, and I will put Donald Sterling as the only one that was worse. What's next? Doug, have you ever asked Todd Walsh about his experience with that radio station and the Cardinals? The mm. Cardinals have played that game with that station since day one in 1988 at Suns Keith. Um, I have not asked him about that. But considering I was involved in that game, I believe it, Suns Keith. I, I totally believe it. What's next? It's because Unplugged Doug isn't in charge of Newsmakers <laughs> Week anymore from Tyler. Tyler sent a note. I like this. He sent a tweet at Kyle Odegaard. Kyle Odegaard is a former employee of the Cardinals. Kyle Odegaard wrote the only national article, well, the second, only one of two that I saw, national article ripping the performance of the old station on Newsmakers Week. And so after he sent that out, Tyler responded to him say, giving me the credit for, for that. And I, you know, Tyler, I appreciate that a lot. What's next? Do you think Bickley and Murata were that unprepared for the interview with Bidwell, or do you think they weren't allowed to ask? This is from CC. I 100% believe it's the latter. Um, I know Vince Murata. I know Vince Murata works very hard. There's no way I believe Vince Murata didn't think these questions need to be asked. There's no way he didn't know about the allegations, and there's no way he would go into an interview not thinking I should ask this. No way. That was 100% a management decision. You decide if you want to judge Bickley and Murata by succumbing to that decision. I, I did once. I told you yesterday we interviewed Roger Goodell, and I succumbed to their decision. But I also actually accepted it at the time. I think I was wrong as I look back. But not as wrong as they were because it wasn't Roger Goodell's first interview when he came on with us. It was 18 months or so, ballpark please, it was a long time ago, after Ray Rice. This 
is the first Michael Bidwill on the record interview since any of the allegations. And they asked none of it. That's embarrassing. Totally embarrassing. What's uh, what's left? Uh, last one. If you're so bad at golf, why do you play so much? From uh, I, I know your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, number one, I got to tell you. I don't know who you are. I, I, I'm assuming you're a woman sticking up for Jennifer saying I need to be doing more at home. I, I think that's what that means. The, your answer to the question is a little bit different. I would look at this and say Jennifer and I both have one thing in our lives that is not more important than the marriage, but it's, it's our outlet. Jennifer's a singer. Every Monday night she sings with the Phoenix Symphony Choir. And then throughout the year, when concert weeks hit, and there's about five or six concerts a year, I don't know how many, then she shuts it down for the week. It's like, I never see her. That's her outlet. I don't get in the way of that. God bless you. Do whatever you need to do. And it just makes you her feel alive. For me, yes, I'm terrible at golf, but it doesn't change the experience of drinking beer, talking to friends, making fun of each other for terrible shots, and... It is a competitive outlet for me. I'm not really competing against anybody I'm golfing with because everybody's better than me except my daughter. And yes, we compete like crazy when we golf together. But I'm competing against yesterday or last week or last month. I'm competing against the course and I'm competing against my own failing athleticism. So that's why um, I like it so much. Would you do me a favor, Izzy? What do you, before we get to uh, Steve, what do you think was the best Diamondback sound that you pulled. Is it Zach Gallen? Is it some of the Brandon Fought? What did you like the most? Uh, I did like Brandon Fought a little bit because they he talked about a little bit of his adversity of him starting off horribly, yeah, and then having a great uh, playoff. Do me, let's do that. Give me uh, Brandon Fought too, and then and then we'll go to Steve. And let's. Uh, this is from uh, the Diamondbacks and a kind of question and answer with Bob Brenly and Steve Berthume. I think you might find this interesting. Here's one-time rookie pitcher Brandon Fought. Yeah, it, it was a long season. You know, we we put in a lot of work. Uh, pitching coaches put in a lot of work day in and day out and and I think that's what sports are is, is hitting bumps in the road and, and overcoming them and I think looking back on, on last season was it was it was cool to see it was a blessing in the skies I think and and going to the postseason and and doing what we did I think it just showed the the countless hours that the coaches put in and um kind of that that journey in my first rookie season and and now we're ready to go two things about that number one if you ever listen to brandon fought it's hilarious he hates being interviewed more than you can imagine can you hear it in his uh, oh sorry i think the coach has helped if you talk to him one-on-one and the camera's off or there's no microphone he's a normal dude no worries i don't act like i know him i've never had a beer with him i've talked to him one-on-one twice in my entire life so and if i walked in he would or if he saw me right now he'd say yeah you're you're some kind of media but he would have zero idea who i am okay so let's not act like we have a relationship but what's interesting about is he talks fine until there's a microphone and then it's so funny the guy hates it and is i'm not gonna say scared of it just he can't wait till it's over secondly There's a thinking in sports that I totally disagree with. So many people say, let's wait till this guy's ready mentally. We don't want to fry him mentally. Don't you learn more about a guy? Don't you want to know? 
How are you going to learn to overcome adversity if you're always protected from adversity? And he just explained it. He was sometimes awful when he got, during his rookie season, but pitched his way out of it because we learned he can handle adversity. There you go. That's the kind of people that we want. Steve McCollum's up next. The main event starts every weekday morning at 8 o'clock here on WTSMTV.com. And, uh, and Steve is, uh, is right here. Uh, Steve, you, you don't play as much golf. And uh, is that something that drives you crazy, or do you like the low amount of times that you play because you're, you're a busy man? Wait a minute. Right now, I don't hear you. I mean, I hear you without my headset, but I don't hear you in the, in the uh, actual microphone. We we've had some we we tried the lab today and there there you go. Oh no, not at all. You're still a nice man though. Is there a cord? For me, it was the cord was unplugged. Yeah. Oh, okay, let's try. It. Yep. I hear it clicking. Now you're good. Can you hear me? You're in now. Can you hear me now? I, yes. Literally, literally half of your audience just went ah dang it. <laughs> Got it working. <laughs> they were they were waiting for you the whole, all morning, and then, and, then, and then it fell apart. But now, the, uh, back well, to the question. Yeah, I, I want to play more, um, but uh, two things hampered it. One, I tore my Achilles, like, in 2020, so, like, I got lazy, but then yeah. the pandemic. But then, two, when you have a midday show from noon to two on the radio station like I did, it's hard to play golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really yeah. hard to play golf. Yeah, that, that uh, needs So, uh, no, I'd like to get back out there again, but uh, a lot of it's just laziness. So, I, hey, no, there's nothing wrong with that, because that just means you found, even if it's just laying around you found something better to relax and uh and, and not do so there's it doesn't matter what you choose to relax the mind yeah it's funny because uh you know i went out and hadn't played since last time at whirlwind and you know i i could hit the ball i was hitting the ball fine i just didn't know where it was going to go or it was on the ground or so it took me a few holes to get down but then i started like getting shots and i was like yeah there's my golf game that nobody believes i have that's fine. I, I was so frustrated. I hit one shot that was one of those low bullets that probably would have rolled 200 yards. You know, it was just... Whoosh. The grass out there did me no favor. But it never... Like, it, it was only like, I don't know, four inches off the ground. And the only time... And the one time I hit that shot was the hole with the separated fairway, yeah. so it went right into a bush. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. just right into a bush. Yeah, the, the rough was, like, long, and, like, I'm, I'm not going to say dead because it wasn't dead, but it was long and kind of whatever, and my ball would, like, hit that and just stop. And oh, I yeah. Like, Dude, I yeah. could have rolled, and I'm strong enough that it could have rolled a lot longer. So they, they have, at Whirlwind, they do it. In the winter, they have punishing rough because they only water the fairway so you just get this long tangled mess of brown grass on your ball and then in the in the summer they grow it uh it grows even thicker it's not as long but it's really thick so it's the rough is very penal there yeah you got to be careful not to wear yourself out i remember i played tpc scottsdale one time after the tournament rolled through and uh, first ball, uh, you know, into the rough off of one. It took me like 12 shots to get out of there. Oh, the yeah. rough was so bad. And then I was tired. I just wanted to go take a nap <laughs> after that. It was like, man, this ruined my day. I'm like that. If it's 100, and, like I play in 105, 110, I don't yeah. care. I used to do that. Drink enough water, drink enough beer, who cares? Except, man, when the ball goes in the bunker. 
Oh my gosh, the tire! I mean, I can get exhausted in one raking session in the heat. So I, I totally avoid bunkers. What are you doing in the bunkers that you wear yourself out raking? Although that is true, you were the guy. I believe it was you that uh, raked the the green. I rake uh, other people's rake footprints the sand before you hit. I, I rake. Well, you can't rake. I don't rake it before I hit, but I Some, do rake other people's so, footprints. Somebody we played with did that on uh, Saturday. Yeah, on Friday. Now I will. Like, I might drag the rake behind me as I walk in, but I don't yeah. rake anywhere around the. Bunker. Ball, but then yes, I rake my footprints. I rake other people's yeah, footprints. Really I try yeah, to yeah. leave it nice for the jerks that uh, don't rake it up. You know, because for those of us that like the sand, you know, exactly. I end up, I end up uh, uh, living in there an awful lot. There is, uh, man, there's a lot of small things today, yeah, but not a huge big one. What's coming up on the main event? What's uh, grabbed look, you? Uh, NFL. Russell Wilson speaks. Um, yeah, it's interesting. His timing on his comments are interesting. Remember when? Sean Payton flipped out on him on the sideline, and now you came on the show and was like, that was weird. Yeah. There's something weird about that. Now you put the context to, they were trying to get rid of They were trying to get him to react so they could suspend him without pay, right, is, yeah. is the thinking behind that. Uh, fan size, lots of big names aren't going to be franchised. This running back free agency is going to be interesting. Last couple of years, what did we talk about? Oh, running backs aren't getting their payment. Running yeah. backs aren't getting yeah. paid. There's some big name running backs that are not getting franchise tag. So what's uh, NFL teams going to do uh, there? And then, of course, uh, Piston Knicks last night, man. If you're, wow, you know, okay, bad call. I get it. But two things happened that shocked me. One, uh, Monty showed a pulse, which was amazing because <laughs> he hasn't shown that all year. Uh, but then two, the referees actually admitted they messed up. Yeah. Get in your bunker, kids, because <laughs> this world's coming in an end today. Because they, they actually didn't double down yesterday. It was shocking. Here's what's crazy about that play is it doesn't look like the referee is out of position. Like, yeah. if you're a lazy ref, you miss the call. You're out of position. The action yeah. happened too fast. So, the re There's a ref, like, right yeah. there on the sidelines. Yeah. What are here's, you missing? Here's my issue, though, right? And this is where you get into the rules thing and everything. Okay, the Pistons guy got his hand on the ball, so technically he's there first. But he didn't have control of the ball. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the Knicks guy dove trying to get control of that ball, took him out. I understand the no call. Is it the right call? No. But I also don't think it's the worst call in the history of basketball. Yeah, that, that's Monty, Monty said it's the worst, worst non-call of the yeah. season. We're, now I admit I haven't been watching all the Pistons games to yeah, compare well, it to. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Monty thinks uh, just him, his players going on the court is the worst call of yeah, the season. Yeah. Right? Him being hired was probably the worst call. <laughs> All of the season. I uh, do but, laugh uh, at how often he talked about the foul disparity yeah. as a Suns coach. And then when the Suns just beat the Pistons recently, he was talking about it. I mean, it was yeah. like a 20 free throw attempt difference. It's uh, he's just, he's just a, you know, a record that just keeps repeating itself. Yeah. It's like, and what I've learned from him, and he's a super nice dude, like off the court, but in terms of basketball coach, it's just excuses, excuses. There's video. I don't have it on my show, but there's video of Kate Cunningham talking to him like NBA players do. And he, He's just staring off into like space when your star player's talking to you. Yeah. Dude's broken, man. Good Dude's point. Broken. Good point. Have a good show. See ya. Versus Second free plug for Steve McCollum, Dale Hellestray, the main event coming up next, and another one for iOS. Izzy busted it today on Doug Franz Unplugged, giving me a, even more than I used today production-wise, and then trying to run around with my ideas of man in green shirt on green screen. And hey, hey, we'll try it anyway. No big deal. Um, boy, did I look like a doofus. But that was kind of fun. Um, so thanks to everything that Izzy did preparing for today's show. Izzy, if you could, I do want you to play one more thing. 
and that is last night. You got to see this. This was, uh, this was okay. I'm the only guy that gets nervous over five dollars. But last night, one of my games is I had Seattle on the money line. I told you I looked at the Boston Bruins and felt like, you know what? You are on the end of a long road trip. You probably feel like you're ready to get back. You're far away from home, Seattle to Boston, and you come in a little bit unfocused. That is the norm. Well, Boston came in and they were able to get a 3-3 tie. They scored at the 17.08 mark of the third. So they were in it the whole way. They never gave up. Nobody scores in overtime. So now, keep in mind, I've got Seattle on the money line, positive juice. I'm jacked up. Very first shot attempt of the shootout is with Seattle because the game was in Seattle. Here you go. He keep in mind, in nobody else Lina scores. Somar. Delay a bit. And score! Yeah. Tyler okay. Yamamoto makes it look easy. And then... Pasternak, I have no idea how Pasternak played. I'm being totally serious. Pasternak, there's articles written all over the country that he had a power play. Or excuse me, that he had a uh, hat trick. So I was raised that a hat trick is three goals. On ESPN.com's page of the goal scorers, they say in the article he's got a hat trick, but they don't say he scored three goals. He had two goals and an assist. I don't know what to believe. But the last shooter for the Bruins in the shootout was Pasternak, and he didn't score. The one goal, first shot of the shootout holds up. I get the positive juice. Seattle wins on the money line, so I got that one nothing. Then, Miami. I had them plus seven and a half at Sacramento. No way did I have the courage to take the Kings to actually lose. We would have had incredible juice. I said no, but I really feel good. Back end of a back-to-back for Sacramento. Miami getting way too many points. I like Miami plus the seven and a half. Miami not only got inside the spread, they dominated the Kings. Won 121 to 110. We get that one right. And then I told you I really like Baylor a lot, plus the two and a half against TCU. And I even said it's plus 120 juice if you want to go with Baylor straight up. I'm going to take the points. I had negative 108 on it. The minus still worked out. Baylor won by eight. So we have three bets yesterday, and all three upsets won. And I had them all, but I admit I used the spread on two of them. So we go 3-0 yesterday. Good day. Good day. 116-981-9 and is the overall record. Let's look at tonight. Um... The Washington, uh, I, I almost said bullets, and I'm not even talking basketball. The uh, Washington Capitals, they're on the back end of a back-to-back. They were on the road. They come home against Detroit. I like the Red Wings on this one. I'll take the Red Wings on the money line. I uh, And there's pretty decent juice uh, on that one. Let me cheat and look up the juice. What do I have on that one? Oh, I didn't write it down. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Minus 120. That's not great. That's not bad, though. So I'm taking Detroit on the money line. I got three hockey games for for you. Colorado against Dallas is tough, okay? But Dallas is on the back end of a back-to-back. They flew from home to Denver. I love it when you're flying in or out of Denver to bet against you whenever you do that. So I'm going up against Dallas, but here's the problem. Dallas on the money line, excuse me, a Colorado on the money line is minus 220. That means... For somebody like me, I bet $5 on the game, and I win right around 2 bucks. okay? I'm not willing to bet a beer 
to win a drink a, a drink of beer. Not not enough. But now I'm going for the puck line. Well, Dallas is really good. Going for the puck line is a little scary, but the juice is plus 160. That means basically I bet one beer, I get another beer and a half of a beer. All right, that's worth it. So I'm going to risk it and go Colorado minus one and a half. I love Colorado winning, but I'm not playing the money line because I don't like the juice. And then the last one, Kings are in the Alberta trip. So they're on the back end of a back-to-back. They just played Edmonton last night. They're now going to Calgary. I'll take the Flames on the money line, and I'll lay the the not great juice, minus 112. You get positive juice if you you have them on the puck line. I don't want to risk it. So I'm going to go with uh, that. So I got Detroit and Calgary money line, and I've got uh, Colorado covering all NHL bets on the puck line. That does it for today's version of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Thanks a ton for being a part of today's show, especially with us having fun with microphones, fun with the green screen, Izzy running around like crazy. Tomorrow, I'm going to give you a little bit of Coyotes, a little bit of ASU, a little bit of U of A, and a lot more D-backs. So some of the D-back stuff I want to push off and be able to do tomorrow. I want to thank everybody at Santan Ford, our newest sponsor here on Doug Franz Unplugged and WTSMTV.com. They start next week. And of course, Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Big meeting today, jacked up for the possibility of what might happen. Not a closing meeting, so it's just get an idea out there, but it's with a dear friend. I can't wait to talk to her. Parker & Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical, the one of the longest-running sponsors of Doug Franz Unplugged. Any issues with your air conditioning, call them. Right now is a crazy time for your AC because we're dealing with 50-degree mornings and 80-degree afternoons, so that can get a little hairy. Call 602-2-REPAIR. That's 602-THE-NUMBER-TWO, then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker & Sons. And if you're hungry, hey, Burrito Express, seven locations on the east side for breakfast or lunch, and they'll also cater a dinner. They close at 3, but they cater a dinner. So it's really easy to buy a bunch, have them ready, and take them home for dinner or take them over to the office for a late afternoon get-together with uh, your employees to impress them. Rosati's Sports Bar is located in Chandler at Ray and McQueen, but only that Rosati's is the sponsor of Doug Franz Unplugged. There's also Trophy Bar on Queen Creek, in, and they've got, man, a ton of televisions Really, really good burgers. I think you'll like Trophy Bar. And then, of course, the number one sandwich in all of Arizona, Bell's Nashville Hot Chicken Sandwich, Old Town Scottsdale on Main Street, just off of Scottsdale Road. The main event is up next. I'll see you tomorrow.